All right, here we are again. And what, it's been months already where we were reading from Psalm 119 and we didn't get to the end, we didn't finish it. So Lord willing, we'll finish it today or get another piece of it done. That's, that's being ambitious. We'll just take it a step at a time, a verse at a time, a chapter at a time, a word at a time. One word say, can take us for a, a word at a time seems more realistic. Right, right. And you know what? There's such meaning to the Hebrew letters. There's such wonderful, deep meaning to the Hebrew letters that we could take letters at a time. Right, now you get carried away. <laughs> No, the Hebrew language, it's a marvelous language. It really is. And here, this Psalm 119 is broken down into the 22 letters of the alphabet. And then we were reading, Marilyn and I were reading in, in uh, Lamentations today. And I didn't realize this. I think I knew that there were 22 verses repeatedly in the five chapters there in, uh, in uh, the Lamentations. But... Uh, um, those chapters had 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet, and they started each verse. There were 22 verses in each of the chapters, and each verse started with uh, in, in its order Except of the alphabet. Three. Hmm? Chapter 3 had 66 verses. Yeah, and chapter 3 had 66 verses. Why that happened? Who set it up? How? Why? I don't know. I don't know. But there again is the Hebrew alphabet. And then when you talk about where it came from, it depicts certain things, just like maybe in the Chinese language as well. They, they build pictures. So, and, and this, I believe, is a, 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 holy, a holy language, an anointed language. It's the Bible language. And I just don't see any uh, short change or accident. You get somebody else to chase flies there, Martin. <laughs> We've got business to do. <laughs> I'm all alone. <laughs> okay all right <laughs> so 145 yes all right um go nice and slow let's 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 kind of soak it in a little <laughs> all right a prayer for deliverance with all my heart i call to you answer me lord and i will obey your commands I call to you, save me, and I will keep your laws. Before sunrise, I call to you for help. I place my hope in your promise. All night long, I lie awake to meditate on your instructions. Because your love is constant, hear me, O Lord. Show your mercy and preserve my life. My cruel persecutors are coming closer, people who never keep your law. You are near to me, Lord, and all your commandments are permanent. Long ago, I learned about your instructions. You made them to last forever. Amen. I'm reminded of Michael Lash and the talk that we had with him last night. And I kind of marveled at how for the past two years, he had his what do you call it, earbuds? Mm -hmm. And he was listening to podcasts and, mm -hmm. and just just steeping himself in the path of truth. Mm -hmm. That's a miracle. Mm -hmm. That's something that the Lord did for him. It wasn't mm -hmm. something that Michael Lash decided to do. Mm -mm. It was it was a it was a a wonderful work that the Lord was doing in him. Mm -hmm. Gave him that grace. And you know, I'm just reminded of that when it says. Um, concerning your testimonies, I have known of old that you have founded them forever. And there he was steeping himself in the word of truth. And it's the word of truth that sets him free. And hasn't it set him free as long as he follows through? Look what, look where, where he's been delivered from. Mm -hmm. Look what he's been delivered from. Contrary to, you know who? Mm -hmm. Side by side. Mm -hmm. The Lord takes one and he leaves one behind. Mm -hmm. amazing and the one that was brought through was the one who 
steep themselves in the word of God that makes you free. Mm -hmm. The other one wasn't doing that. He decided against our stern warning from the Lord, mm -hmm. two witnesses, mm -hmm. that he was not supposed to go there. And as I said last night in, in, in our conversation, there's going to be hell to pay. And I, I was crying last night talking about it, thinking about it. And I could cry right now. I just, it's a, it's, it's a horrible, it's an abhorrent thing. It's a tragedy. How does the Psalm 7, not Psalm, Proverbs 7 end? Now then, sons, listen to me. Pay attention to what I say. Do not let such a woman win your heart. Don't go wandering after her. She's been the ruin of many men and caused the death of too many to count. If you go to her house, you are on the way to the world of dead. It is the shortcut to death. Man, and I was thinking of the verses before that. We could read the whole chapter. I know we can get in another direction here, and I don't care. I really don't care. I'll just go where, where we're given to go. But it says he goes after her straightway as an ox goes to the slaughter or as a fool to the correction of the stocks. That was verse 22. 23, till a dart strike through his liver as the bird hastes to the snare and knows not that it is for his life. I guess that's pretty serious, wouldn't you think? Mm -hmm. Life and death. So, all right, let's go on. This le next uh, letter of the Hebrew alphabet is Resh, verse 153 to 60. A plea for help. Look at my suffering. Look at my suffering and save me, because I have not neglected your law. Defend my cause and set me free. Save me as you have promised. Martin, the wicked. Yep. Excuse me. I'm reminded of the harness of the Lord, which we have posted at the Path of Truth. It was written by, by someone else, but it was so striking. It was a man who had a vision. I can't remember his name right now. Maybe Ronnie remembers or somebody remembers. Is it like Bill Britton or something? Bill Britton. That's who it is. Yeah. And the two horses, right? Mm -hmm. One came, one, one did not enter into the corral, did not want to be um, captive, didn't want to take on the harness and the bit, and the bridle, and the spur. Didn't want to take the training. The other one, uh, the other one submitted to the master. And in the end, what was the end? Famine and drought came along, and that horse that refused correction, refused discipline, was left out there with nothing. Whereas this one, was well provided for, well trained, serving a useful purpose and not just running around freely doing its own thing. I think of that as well. And we had we had that parallel. One taken, one left. One with and one without. It says in Hebrews that what Chasing, correction, disciplining for the moment is not easy, not pleasurable, but grievous, isn't it? But afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness. That's what God is after. And that's what he teaches us to be after. That's what he wants from us. And one way or another, he's going to get it whether it's in this life or the life to come. 
And as we reject, as we refuse his correction, his loving correction, might not feel like love in our way of thinking, because our way of thinking is corrupt and totally limited, total, total darkness to start with. But we, we have that purged, we have that corrected, and the pain goes away, the trouble goes away, and we have peace and fulfillment. Everything that we wanted, everything a soul could have, that soul will get through that discipline, through that correction. And everything that the other soul, that, that, that other horse, the lawless horse, uh, thought it wanted and enjoyed, it did enjoy it. The, the fresh water streams, the nice grass, the freedom to run and do whatever, that horse had all that. But where did it all end? So I was just thinking of that parallel when we've, we've been recently encountering mm -hmm. the two fellows. Mm -hmm. And by God's grace, uh, Michael has come this far. And there have been others. We're, we've been talking about several people here many that we just don't get into but this is the most recent event right now this is something that's happening that's special as far as i'm concerned it is special you know it says that the angels in heaven rejoice when one sinner comes to repentance and the sinners that walk away that don't come to repentance their their reaction is like what am i doing wrong What did I do? I've brought offerings. I've posted some of uh, the stuff from the path of truth. I've friended people at the Facebook. What can be wrong? I talk about the Lord. I keep the Sabbath. The Lord's blessed me. What, what's wrong with you? What do you expect? Remember, Sarah spoke and she said, what does he want from me? Mm -hmm. I didn't know about that. She, she didn't reveal that kind of an attitude toward me. Not clearly, not clearly enough for somebody as blind as me to see. But there it was. <laughs> These things all come out. Yeah. We can't hide anything. We keep deceiving ourselves into thinking that we can hide something. I've told you I can't hide anything from you, Mark. I don't think I can hide anything from Jeannie. And I'm not talking as though I want to or that I have those thoughts. I just, I just know. And I don't want to, even if I could. Mm -hmm. Why? It all comes out. There is nothing hidden that won't be made manifest. That's what the Lord said. And we keep having this notion, the flesh has this notion that, hey, you know, God really doesn't see. Or it might not matter that much, or I didn't know, or always some kind of rationalization, self-justification. You are they that justify yourselves before men. There's always that. That flesh is so expert at defending itself and fooling ourselves. And we're the first ones to fool when we tell a lie. We're the first ones to believe that lie. And lies always kill. They never give life. Never. Never. So why would we want to go there? Logic says, why would you want to go there? But logic is not our savior. <laughs> logic doesn't cut it. Isn't that amazing? Not nearly. Not nearly. Not nearly. Yeah, the Lord alone is our savior. There are so many clever people out there, very clever, very intelligent, very educated. Jordan Peterson. I like the guy. Everybody likes him. Well, except for the leftists, maybe. Who knows? And maybe you don't. I don't know. You just rolled your eyes here, so I don't know what you're thinking. 
But yeah, he's a likable guy. Put it that way, right? I was, I was rolling my eyes at the leftists. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but education and 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 well spokenness, eloquence, uh, fast talk, even even an apparent honesty, sincerity. None of that didn't save Job. The Lord still had to do, deal with Job as though he was bereft of virtue. In one way, he was perfect, upright, a man who eschewed evil and feared God. It was all true. God said it himself. How can we call him a liar? It was all true. Yet, the Lord had to bring him to another dimension where, where it was white compared to the darkness before. Now it's dark compared to what can be compared to where the Lord did want to have Job in that, in that, in that light, that great light. It's wonderful what the Lord has in store for us, Martin. Mm -hmm. Just wonderful. I can say unbelievable. I don't want to say that because I want to believe it. I don't want to unbelieve it, but it's, it's, it's true. It's miraculous. It's that blessed hope. Mm -hmm. Where were we? 155. The wicked will not be saved, for they do not obey your laws. But your compassion, Lord, is great. Show your mercy and save me. I have many enemies and oppressors, but I do not fail to obey your laws. When I look at those traitors, I am filled with disgust, because they do not keep your commands. See how I love your instructions, Lord. Your love never changes, so save me. The heart of your law is truth. All your righteous judgments are forever. Amen. 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 Uh, we can go on here, I guess, unless you have something. Powerful men attack me unjustly, but I respect your law. How happy I am because of your promises as happy as someone who finds rich treasure. I hate and detest all lies, but I love your law. Seven times a day, I thank you for your righteous judgments. Those who love your law have perfect security and there's nothing that can make them fail. Amen. I wait for you to save me, Lord, and I do what you command. I obey your teachings. I love them with all my heart. I obey your commands and your instructions. You see everything I do. I'm amazed at the contrast between what we're reading here right now and, and as David expresses himself and what we're seeing in this world today. Isn't it, isn't it the stark difference, the exact opposite? The lawlessness is just sweeping throughout the world everywhere in 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 subtle ways and in very obvious ways and becoming more and more obvious you see it at the store you see it you see it with suppliers service people you see it you see it we see it everywhere we see the lawlessness of man's heart And there's only one answer. It's not all that knowledge. It's not memorizing the Bible. It's not going to church. It's not singing songs about the Lord. It's none of those things. It's not even about good works. Not that these things I'm mentioning are worthless or unnecessary. But we can put our dependence on so many things instead of the Lord. And that's idolatry. But the things that we're seeing now, it's so horrible, so horrible. If everybody had a heart like this, well, there's no point in even talking about it. One day it will be.
All right. We're at what? Verse 161? 169. 64 with yes. All right. Yeah. Tau. Let my cry for help reach you, Lord. Give me understanding as you have promised. Listen to my prayer and save me according to your promise. I will always praise you because you teach me your laws. I will sing about your law because your commands are just. Always be ready to help me because I follow your commands. Oh, I long for your saving help, O oh Lord. I find happiness in your law. Give me life so that I may praise you. May your instructions help me. I wander about like a lost sheep, so come and look for me, your servant, because I have not neglected your laws. I remember back in the 80s when the Lord told me that there would be those who come and condemn me for preaching the law. Law, law, law. And here it is. Here's the psalmist by the Spirit of God, by the way, not some Old Testament spiritual position where, where it's no longer applicable or relevant. This is by the Holy Spirit. And what does the Bible say about him? He never changes. Truth is truth. Well, it's like it says here, long ago I learned about your instructions. You made them to last forever. Amen. Amen. And the reason that people are suffering all the things that they're suffering is because they don't respect his law. They don't value his law. And so they say, well, you know, it's not about the law. You don't get saved by keeping the law. Which is true. But you keep the law because you are saved. And he is the law. If you want to know what Jesus Christ is all about, what he's like, there it is. The law. That's him. He's expressing his nature and his will for us by the law. Here's what I'm all about. Here's what I want. Here's where I'm going. And here's what I want you to have. Here's what I want you to be. The law. And he brings that law into us by what we call grace. We can't make ourselves lawful by nature. Job couldn't do that. He was so good at keeping the law externally with a good will, but it wasn't enough. And so what did God say to him? Accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you'll be saved and you're perfectly fine to go on from there. Is that what he said to him? Is that what Elihu said to him? Elihu told him his sins. He says, you think you're this, that, and the other. You think you're so smart. You think you've got it all together. And you're defending yourself. You're justifying yourself. And then after Elihu is finished, and Job didn't have an answer for Elihu, then, then the Lord stepped in and spoke. Okay, Job, let's see what you can do. Let's see how much you know. And when the Lord was finished with Job, what a wonderful book that is. Just a wonderful book. And it's the, it's the story of the Christian. It's the story of the Christian pilgrim. Going from this world into the world to come which becomes not only the world to come, Martin, but the world in reality. Right. Here, now. The kingdom of God. Amen. In time and space. Here and now in time and space. 
Yeah, the kingdom of God. And he said to the people, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And it was. And people that, that hear these gospels being preached now, and I would say gospels because I think there are a few of them and not just one false gospel. They're waiting to, to get into the kingdom. When I die, I'll get into the kingdom. They think that it's, in, it's after the grave. And for some it is. Mm -hmm. But that does not mean that you can't enter the kingdom of heaven here now. Like you say, things that are not far off. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Romans, what? Romans 10? Yeah. We just, we just read it recently, so it's probably in that neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's reality on the good side, on the light side. Not without its difficulties and testings, trials, tribulations, but it is the reality, the kingdom, the kingdom of God. Look at the things it says of Jesus, that he, he, he was a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. We talked about that last night, I think. And, uh, and there he was in heaven. Jesus Christ was in heaven as he walked the earth. That's what it says in John 3. No one, no man has ascended into heaven except the Son of Man who is in heaven. And there he was, talking to Nicodemus, I think. So yeah, the kingdom of heaven is here. Uh, did did you guys want to do any more here? Is there anything more that we want to share with the people? Do you, do, would you like to go a little farther and share? Or, or we could go to Matthew 5. We could do Proverbs 7. You could have I'm a nap. With, I'm good with whatever you have in mind, Victor. Okay. Why don't we read? For some reason, I'm inclined to read Proverbs 7, given the things that have happened to us recently. All right. I'll start at number one here. Son, remember what I say and never forget what I tell you to do. Do what I say and you will live. Be as careful to follow my teaching as you are to protect. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, you know, Martin, the Lord said that he would put words in, in that prophet's mouth, Deuteronomy 18. And whatever he put in that man's mouth, people don't have to believe that that man is that prophet. What they do have to believe is the words spoken. Mm -hmm. It's the truth that makes them free. And it says... It says here, my son, keep my words, keep my words, and lay up my commandments with you. Keep my commandments and live. He says, if you don't keep my commandments, if you don't heed those words spoken to you, you what? You don't live. You die. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And my law is the apple of your eye. That's being pretty protective of his law, isn't it? If there's anywhere you don't want to get hit, it's in your eyes. And you'll do everything to shield them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's his law. Okay. Keep my teaching with you all the time. Write it on your heart. Treat wisdom as your sister and insight as your closest friend. They will keep you away from other men's wives, from women with seductive words. Amen. There. Closing in on our theme here. Which is also a reference to religion. Yes, absolutely. I'm glad you point that out. That's, that's the essence there. The strange woman, mystery, Babylon the Great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Professing faith in Jesus Christ, mind you. 
no less. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And your your other men are other gods, and their and other men's wives are the churches, the brides of those gods, just like the real church is the bride of Christ. Yes. Amen. These these men's wives are the churches of other Baals, of other gods, of other lords. Yeah. Uh, there's something else here. That they may keep you from the strange woman, from the stranger which flatters with her words. Mm -hmm. And then it goes on to say, for at the window of my house, I looked through my casement and beheld among the simple ones. Okay. Through his window. Through his casement. The Lord's given us a window to see this. Otherwise, you and I wouldn't see it. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't be any wiser. So we're not just talking a physical window and a physical scene, although that can all happen, has happened, does happen. But we've been given a window of insight into the reality of something. That's what that's talking about. You're not going to see the false systems of the churches. You're not going to see them by yourself. The Lord has to give you a window. Otherwise, it's concealed. The wall is up and you can't see through the wall. Yeah. Okay. All right. So once I was looking out the window of my house, and I saw many inexperienced young men, but noticed one foolish fellow in particular. He was walking along the street near the corner where a certain woman lived. He was passing near her house, and in the evening, after it was dark, and she met him. She was dressed like a prostitute and was making plans. She was a bold and shameless woman who always walked the streets or stood waiting at a corner, sometimes in the streets, sometimes in the marketplace. She threw her arms around the young man, kissed him, looked him straight in the eye and said, I made my offerings today and have the meat from the sacrifices. So I came out looking for you. I wanted to find you and here you are. I've covered my bed with sheets of colored linen from Egypt. I've perfumed it with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come on. Let's make love all night long. We'll be happy in each other's arms. My husband isn't at home. He's on a long trip. He took plenty of money with him, so he won't be back for two weeks. So she tempted him with her charms, and he gave in to her smooth talk. Suddenly, he was going with her like an ox on the way to be slaughtered like a deer prancing into a trap where an arrow should pierce its heart. Oh. He, was like a, he was like a bird going into a net. He did not know that his life was in danger. Now then, sons, listen to me. Pay attention to what I say. Do not let such a woman win your heart. Don't go wandering after her. She's been the ruin of many young men and caused the death of too many to count. If you do go to her house, you were on the way to the world of the dead. It is a shortcut to death. It seems to me that the real life scenario that we've experienced seems to be so well described here. Mm. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. Tailor-made. Mm -hmm. And the way it describes it there at the end, a shortcut to death, that's it's almost exactly how I was expressing it to you. Yeah. Saying if you, if you wanted to find a violent and quick death and you had to plan it all out, this is how you do it. Yes, that's, what, that's exactly what you said. That's what it's describing here, the shortcut to the underworld. Wow. And I think we'll be accused of trying to control 
mess in people's private lives when really just keep it to the Bible, keep it to doctrine, keep it to Christianity, right? Don't mess with my private life. Not knowing that that's what we need to mess with. That's what's at hand. That's, that is what is at stake is your heart. That's where we're aiming. We're not talking about a comfortable church pew. Am I right? For sure. And, and you know, what does somebody mean by control? I mean, right. if, if somebody's about to get run over by a bus and they got their headphones on and you tackle them and move them by force out of the way, have you not taken control of their life? I mean, what do we right. mean by control? We just, and that's, that's why yeah. language is so important. Because people can say you're being so controlling and it's like, okay, that's true sometimes. But if you're not in control, if you're careening out of control towards death and we should grab the real, the, the, the wheel, is that, yes, it's control, but is it evil? Right. If somebody's trying to navigate their way in the dark and they're about to go over the edge of a cliff and you take control of their vehicle, wrestle the steering wheel out of their hands and hit the brakes. Is it, is it fair to just say, Oh, you're being so controlling? Well, yeah, of course. Yeah. Because the situation was out of control. Yeah. So, you know, the world has, they have words for things and then they equate those words with negativity and then they use them to their advantage all the time. Yeah. They're not exactly providing substance to prove that taking that control from them is wrong. That's it. I'm killing the fly, Victor. I can't take it anymore. Did you get him? As you say, I wish I could say I got him, but I didn't. <laughs> He's learned his lesson for a few minutes anyway. Right. Well, I think we've given people some food for thought here. Mm -hmm. Some more than others. Mm -hmm. But everybody will have what, what they've been given to have. And who knows? Things can change. The Lord well, can have his so. way. Pardon? I said you hope for it, but you might not hold your breath. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think we've probably had enough for today. At least we finished what we started. Not that it's about accomplishing anything. Yeah, well, that's good. That's good. Is there anything else that, in general, outside of the scriptures that we can think of uh, sharing with uh, people for the moment, Martin, do you think? Nothing that comes immediately to mind. I'd like to go on record with something. All those people that know, that hear us, that see us, all those people that know that they're against us and stand against us, speak words against us, take action against us, will not prevail. I want to I go on record with that. They won't, they won't prevail. 
And you can talk about October the 1st, 2022. It was said, I've, I've already said this so many times. But our enemies will be confounded, withstood, and destroyed. That's the way it'll be. They won't prosper. They won't get anywhere. They'll only destroy themselves and those that they drag into the scene with their evil motives and intentions. That's the way it is. And they won't listen. They won't listen to, to this warning, this declaration. They're set on destruction. And as they choose to do to us, so they end up doing to themselves. And I've seen it happen over and over and over again. And it, any amount of talking isn't going to make any difference. At least not that I've ever seen. I can't think of a, a single incident where I try to warn people and say, look, don't pick on me. You only hurt yourself. Mm -hmm. But it's the way it is. And it often looks like they've got us in their clutches. They've got us where they want us. And what have we done? What evil have we done? Can they name any evil? They name evils and they're either lies or, or perversions of, of what happened, which amounts to the same thing. But it's never the truth. It's never the reality. And it can be proven so. And we keep the records. We keep the documents. We keep the con conversations, the correspondences. We keep them and we show both sides of the story. Does that stop the enemy? The enemy isn't interested in the truth and the enemy doesn't believe the truth. So how are our warnings going to serve to prevent them from doing evil? Doesn't work that way. Unless at some point the grace of God steps in and turns things for the sake of, the, of, the, of those evildoers for whatever his purpose is. Can you think of any examples in the scriptures where those with malicious intent towards God ever recover? You might point out to, uh, to you might point out Paul, Saul of Tarsus, I, but, I know. But I his was not an evil intent. I agree. That's why I was saying I, I thought of that, but that doesn't count. Yeah. It wasn't an evil intent. He honestly believed he was doing God's will. Correct. And the Lord did say also, he said, there will be those who, who will kill you thinking they did God a service, that they do God a service. Mm -hmm. And so it's good for us to just wait and see what he had, what he what he does with these people. Nathan may have had good intentions for all I know. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, not, I'm not even commenting on that situation specifically. I understand. I'm just... When people have vengeful or evil or malicious thoughts towards the Lord or his people, I don't know that they ever recover. I, it's I, it's kind of sad for me to say that, and I know that the Lord has other lifetimes for them, but I, I just, I don't know if I can think of an example in the scriptures or in our experience. I'm not saying that there can't, I don't want to discourage anybody. I know that there's situations where you hear some kind of correction or statement and you can be mildly offended or put off for a time. That's not what I'm talking about. Right. I'm talking about the people who are like, you know what? F you losers. Yeah. Who the hell are these people? Oh yeah. You think you're so this, that kind of mockery and contempt. Yeah. I'm, I'm fairly certain that's the sin against the Holy spirit. Yeah. It's unforgivable. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't think the Lord has mercy on those people in this lifetime. I agree. And I've never seen an example otherwise. Yeah. I just, I just have. And so, yeah, the people who are coming against us, mocking us, they're also on the shortcut to death. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. 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 
He did say to Abraham, I will bless those who bless you. Yeah. I will and curse Jacob. those who curse you. Yeah. Yeah. And that applies to all Abraham's descendants by faith. Right. And if we if we have that faith of God that Abraham has, it applies to us every bit as much. Whatever applies, Martin, for you and, and your family, whatever whatever they do against your family, they do against you, don't they? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And you'll not let it go by. Mm -mm. And it's the same with the Lord. We're his family. If if we're his family, right? People generally don't know that. It has to be showing them. But if we're his family, then he'll protect us. And he'll give us the same blessings as he did to Abraham and the promise. And he'll keep that promise. Mm -hmm. I'll bless them to bless you. And those who curse you, I will curse. And he doesn't forgive people just because they didn't know they were treating the princes the, the king's I, I've children never seen... like you, you understand what i'm saying it's yeah. it's not like oh i didn't know i didn't know he was the prince right it doesn't get forgiven that what no. you do to the least of mine you do to me amen and he seems to come specifically in that way to trap people yeah to lure them out yeah and, th and those that you have the example of abimelech there he didn't know it was Abraham's wife. Right. But the Lord kept him from laying any hand on her. Amen. And so even in a situation where somebody doesn't necessarily know who we are, if the Lord's hand is on them to keep them from doing evil against us, then it's because he has some mercy or grace for them. Yeah. And if he permits them to mistreat us, it's because he already has... Purpose to destroy them. Like... Uh, I don't know the specific scripture. I only know that it exists. That um, and he caused them to come and persecute those in Jerusalem. That his wrath could be unleashed on them. Yeah, Second Thessalonians two two. I think there's something similar. It might even be what I'm thinking of. Somewhere in there, I think. Around chapter or verse 11 or so. Verse 10, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they received not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Is that what you were no, thinking? Not what I'm thinking of. Oh, and I have to use, I can't even use my phone to search it because I'm using it to record this. I'm sure if Ronnie can hear me in the background, he might be able to think of what I'm talking about. There's another passage somewhere where it says that he hardened their hearts because he purposed to destroy them. Yeah, there's that. I just, I have a memory of a scripture where he, he caused a people who's, he already was angry with to come against his people. Right. J just so he would have just cause to destroy them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know which one that was, but. It's okay, but the principle is there. The principle is there. He, he, brings, he brings people against his children. Yeah. Just so that he's fully justified. Remarkable, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And that's even the delusion there. Delusional enough to think that they're doing God a service by persecuting him. Yeah. Yeah.
Well, if somebody thinks of that verse or two, they can always put it in the commentary where we post. I'm sure I can find it afterwards. Post these videos. I've thought, you know, we don't have a live stream here, so we do we say what we say, and then in the aftermath, people can read it and comment and whatever. But uh, people are free to uh, say, well, Victor, here's the verse. Here's the verse, Paul, or that Martin was thinking of, and there it is. They can always add. Okay, I think I think it's good for today. Anybody else have any thoughts there? Is anybody else? No. You're, you're still all alone? I'm, I'm all alone. It's just me. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, good, Martin. We had our day here. Yep. And very soon, we're beginning a new week. Weeks have been getting busy, all kinds of stuff happening. And there's more to come. Won't be easy, but it'll be the Lord, it'll be good. So there you go. Finish your finish your Sabbath and Lord give you what you need for the coming days here. Thank you.